The Vernal Express, Thursday, June 21st, 1956. Tragedy strikes our valley. The death of Norma Rodeback, whose body was recovered from a canal on Sunday, is without doubt the most dastardly crime that has ever taken place in our valley. How such a thing could ever happen here, where we are protected by distance from the centers where crime is more frequent, is a mystery that has baffled the entire community. Norma was a lovely girl, well-respected, and of unquestionable character. More than anything else, she valued the high ideals and standards of a good, clean life. As a junior at the Uinta High School, she was the idol of her class. She excelled as a graduate of the Vernal Seminary. In her activities in Naples Ward, she was a leader in the various organizations and won individual achievement awards for her outstanding work and the application of the high standards taught by her church. The love and sympathy of the entire valley was expressed in the quick response of hundreds of citizens who assisted in the search for the body. Young and old, men, women, and children scoured the countryside, canals, irrigation ditches, gulches, and gullies for any trace of the young girl's body on Saturday and Sunday. On Sunday, an organized search was conducted by 15 wards of the LDS Church under the direction of their bishops and the stake presidency. It is estimated that more than 600 persons were included in this group. Two of the members of one ward group were the first to discover the body in the canal in the south part of the valley on Sunday afternoon. The law enforcement officers, the civic groups, and others have worked untiringly on this case. The officers have a number of clues and will do everything in their power to bring to justice the perpetrator of the crime. The heartfelt sympathy of Ashley Valley goes out to Mr. and Mrs. Noah Rodeback and their family in their deep sorrow. Something about this particular article felt lacking to me when I read it. I think the author of it had good intentions and I'm assuming his heart was in the right place, but it's not enough for me. Norma Rodeback was 17 when she was raped and murdered, walking home from work. Vernal, even today, in 2019, is a relatively small town. In 1956, it would have been even smaller. It's frustrating to me to read an article like that that seems so sterile. I think that's what bothers me about it. I want to know more about Norma, who she was. And I need to know more about her murder. I know she's more than the way she died. And I want to get to know that person. But I'm also really disturbed by the way her case was handled.
I have questions. I have so many questions. My name is Kirsten Karen. Norma Rodeback was my grandmother's sister. And I am just now getting to know her. I had heard her name mentioned periodically throughout my life in hushed tones. I didn't know anything beyond the fact that she had been murdered when she was young. I didn't know how she had died exactly. I didn't know that she was living with my grandmother, grandfather, and father at the time of her death, living with them while she worked because her parents lived outside of Vernal in an area where jobs were not readily available. Norma worked at a drugstore at the soda fountain portion of the drugstore, which is in itself so charmingly 1950s. She had left work that night at about 10 p.m., had complained to a coworker that she had a headache, was offered a ride home and declined because she thought the walk would help clear up the headache. She walked past an automobile accident and was seen possibly talking to the uh, responders of that accident. Uh, I'm not sure who reported that they saw her there, but uh, she was reported as being seen at the accident at 10.15, but she never made it home. I spent some of my youth in Vernal. I've walked along some of those streets, same ones that Norma walked. And it still chills me that something like that could have happened in a place that seemed so safe to me, even as a little girl back in the 80s. About six, maybe seven years ago, out of nowhere, I had a dream about Norma. Now, at that point in my life, I had never even seen a picture of her. I had no idea what she looked like. But I woke from the dream and I knew that the young woman in my dream was her. I just knew that it was her. She was trying to tell me something, but she couldn't speak. I uh, had 
decided shortly after that that I wanted to make a documentary about her. I started doing research and found that I was running up against brick walls all over the place. At that point in time, I was struggling with depression, pretty severe depression, um, challenges in my career, and the challenges of being a single working mother to a young child. I was able to talk to my grandmother a little bit about Norma. I spoke to the man who was the police chief in Vernal, and I tried reaching out to some other individuals as well. I'll be honest, at that point in time, I just did not have the energy. I didn't have the emotional energy to tackle this. Because it wasn't until a few years ago that I finally saw pictures of her and started to put a personality with the name that I had heard whispered throughout my youth. I had to walk away from her story, but I have not forgotten her. I keep a picture of her in my living room. I keep a picture of her on my desk at work. The picture on my desk is right next to a photograph of my daughter. Two frames side by side. Both of them look like school pictures, honestly, and I, I think that the photo I have of Norma at work is from her high school yearbook. So I see her every day. Sometimes when we see something or someone, we can forget what they mean to us. And it wasn't until a new coworker stopped by my desk to talk to me one day that everything finally came back. She looked at the pictures on my desk and said, well, wait, that's not, that's not your daughter, is it? And she was listening to the picture of Norma. And I said, no, no, it's, it's not. And she's like, yeah, I thought that she looked a little bit older, but oh, they just look so similar. Now, what you have to understand is that my daughter is almost 12 and uh, has a very edgy kind of haircut, I guess. It's uh, shaved pretty close on one side of her head and in this particular picture, the other side was long, so very asymmetrical. Uh, my daughter is an artistic, creative soul, and, and you can definitely tell that uh, by her appearance. And then Norma's picture was the 50s, you know? 
I don't want to say conservative haircut, but a haircut that one would expect to see in, in 1955 or 56. So at first it seemed kind of funny to me that she would say that they, you know, looked so similar that she almost thought they were the same person. But then I looked again. And my coworker was right. They have the same shaped lips. They have very similar noses. Her eye shape is the same. And I realized that I had let Norma's voice be silent for way too long. The people who knew her, the people who loved her, people who know about her case are older now. Some of them have already passed. And had I finished that documentary, I probably could have talked to some of them before they passed. So yeah, I feel a little guilty. My resources are still limited. I'm in a much better place with my mental health right now. My career is stable, but it is emotionally exhausting at times. I love what I do, but it is hard work. And financially, I don't know that I have the resources right now to make a documentary film the way I want to, but I want to get Norma's story out to you. So, we'll make a podcast. Some of this will be emotional for me, not just because of the family connection, but also because I am a sexual assault survivor. And sometimes when I think about Norma, I feel guilty because I walked away and she didn't. And that's just not fair. So I hope that you will listen, you will understand, and that we can dive into her story a little bit together. Maybe get some of these questions answered and help people remember that her name is Norma.